In this week's episode, Dave chats with Gary Fletcher from Healthy Bodies, talking everything from training whilst on lockdown to NBA basketball in the 90s. Enjoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Just so we're both aware that he's now recording. (laughs) (laughs) So you're doing all right then, mate, yeah? I'm all right, yeah, not too bad. We've just, uh, we've had a hectic morning this morning, though. We went, um, because this should have been for 11, shouldn't it? Yeah. But we wanted to nip into town for get some some little bits like for the house and that. We went Wilkinson's. Oh yeah. Oh my god. We didn't even go in because we it opened at ten. Yeah. Got there about quarter past ten. And um the queue around the outside of the shop was all the way back to like right. where um Chinese is. Really? Is it I didn't even think it'd be open. I didn't even think Wilkins would be open. I think it is, and I don't think you there were only allowed like ten people in the shop at any one time. Yeah. So, and I don't think my mum said that you can't go in in pairs. So me and Laura were going together. If we go in as a pair, that takes somebody else's sort of position away from them. I'm going. But we drove, we drove straight past in the queue, and then went, "Nah, I'm not into this." Like so. Yeah. Went to uh, Tesco's and got a few bits from there, but just a strange experience. It is. It's a bit. It's a bit strange, isn't it? And it's hard to. uh, It's hard to manage as well. Like I know. I can see what they're trying to do with like the two meters, but once you get inside the shop, that is really hard. Unless you've got like a stick and you, <laughs> you're just exactly. like, no. meters. No. But that's it. The problem is like the aisles. The aisles aren't two meters wide, so yeah. So you're gonna walk past someone at some point, aren't you? So yeah. I suppose they've got, they've got to be seen to be making an effort. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a bit weird. We went to uh, Aldi yesterday, and it was a similar sort of situation where you. You're queuing outside for a while and then you get inside and it's all like hand sanitizer as you get in and then off you go. I know. It's funny though because it makes you question. I know the idea is like the government guidelines are that you only go out for the essentials, food, yeah. shopping and all that, but it kind of gives you a little bit of a, you, you question whether or not is it, because no shopping trip now is just a quick 20 minutes nip and get some stuff and then come straight back. So you it makes you question, is this really important what I need to go out for? Because realistically i'm going to be stuck in a queue for like an hour yeah it really makes you think doesn't it and weigh that up <laughs> i know so half of the time it's like it's not really that important i'll, yep. I'll, I'll do without <laughs> i'll just grab that tin of tuna that in, in back of the cup <laughs> yeah i'll do yeah. That. Yeah. that because before before all this started we we got into a really bad habit of like shopping daily yeah for food which is a terrible idea because you're wasting your life away going into supermarkets every day yeah. So what was you getting, like, fresh produce in that or just stuff? Yeah, yeah but it's, it's a terrible idea because you're spending more and you're, you're wasting more time. But like yeah. you said then, now it's like, right, what do we need? Get a list. I know. And we've been going, like, once a week, like, doing, like, the big shop once a week. But like you said, the little bits, we'd be guilty of that, going out for little bits and bobs to the co-op or just nipping to the Tesco Express and that. But yeah. now we really do think, do we need it? Because, I mean, Laura's not too bad, but... And I'm patient, but there's no way I think I'm not wasting an hour just to no. go and stand in a queue no. to get like a loaf of bread and some eggs. No way. <laughs> I don't blame you. Like Kate's got me pretty much. Like she's quite, she's quite sort of. I don't know. I think she's thinking about it a little bit more, as in like, why are you going out again? Like she's like, you're only supposed to be going out once. All right. 
So, so she's proper on top of it, like. Oh, she, yeah, yeah, she's on it. She, she's like the COVID nineteen police, you know. <laughs> she's like, right, what, uh, why are you going out? Um, <laughs> just, <laughs> well, uh, we took the dog for a walk this morning, so oh, that, right. that was good over the fields. You know, I like, get a bit of fresh air in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was good. Yeah, I've never seen so many dog walkers in my life. When I take our dog out and that, like, I'm like, bloody hell, I've never seen all these people before. Yeah, all these people with like dogs who've like never been out. <laughs> I know. Just makes you wonder, like, where have the dogs been in the first place? Like, did they just yeah. housebound them? <laughs> I think probably. I think probably dogs get no exercise. All of a sudden, the poor dog's being dragged around the field. I know. I know. Bloody hell. So, what's your what's your training been like throughout this uh, lockdown and that? What has in my training or your training personally? What have you been up to? I've been all right, really. Um, business as usual for me, really, with my training. So, luckily, as you know. I've got um, a gym, so I've just been kind of using that in mm-hmm. isolation. Yeah. Um, so I've just kind of been keeping a, a daily habit of making sure I, I still do that. Yeah. So I've still been doing that. I think the only addition for me has been the extra walking, so I've probably been doing more walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like you said, well, that's that's good just for that fresh air, isn't it? That little bit of... Yeah, yeah you can go in the gym... And then take the dog for a walk. I love it. Me, that hour where I get to walk over and that, like, and yeah, bit of fresh air. Try and go somewhere where there's a little bit far afield, not many people knocking about, which is a bit difficult at this, uh, especially yeah. if the weather's nice. I know, I, I know. know. But it is taking advantage of the weather, isn't it? Like, the weather's so good. Yeah. That you've got to get out. So, I think that's been my big change with my routine is like, I've been getting more walking with the dog, which mm-hmm. that's something I want to try and keep going, actually, even when we go back to some sort of. Um, Normality. I would like to keep that. Yeah. That like hours walk daily if I can. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely looking to keep that going. But as far as my weight training's going, that's that's going nicely. So um, still training five or six days lifting. So yeah, that that's kind of going okay. Yeah. It's good because I mean, for those who are fortunate enough to have like gym equipment and access to your own gym and that like like you have, it it. Because of the predicament we find ourselves in, it almost dials it in even more, doesn't it? So you can get your workout in. You've not got a lot of other distractions because there's not a lot else. I know you're keeping your business running and that remotely, but yeah. it, it almost dials it in, doesn't it? So where like you can get that hour in, you know it's going to be there every day. Yeah. That discipline and that routine. Yeah, that, that's it, mate. That, that's that, it, there's even less distract, almost less distractions now, and more sort of structured to it, which is yeah. obviously. A positive in the negative times that we're going through is just keeping that sort of routine going. Like, I do feel sorry for, because I've had a lot of people contact me about gym equipment and different things, but I was checking out the online um, fitness equipment website at the moment, and they pushed the prices up. A lot of places... There's nothing there, is there? eBay, Amazon, they've all pushed the prices up on certain products, and it's a shame, really. I know. Because um, people still, you know, a lot of people still want to work out at home. Um, if you've got limited equipment, it is it can be a little bit tougher, but yeah, yeah a bit more creative. So it, it can still be done. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think it almost becomes like um, you can get rid of a lot of the non-essential sort of exercises that people yeah. like do, and it, it almost draws people back into like fundamental, basic human movements. Doesn't it like squats? Yeah, hinges, hip um, what what movements am I hinging? Like hinging, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Like even playing around with like handstands and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It really does. People doing that. 
Yeah. And they're all great. They're all really, really good movements. They're like really good movements. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you see, and you can see how many people, I've, I've seen how many people doing it now online, you're trying to, um, you know, like keep active and the posting, which I suppose is good. It's encouraging that everyone's trying to get involved, but yeah. there's nothing else we can do. Though, isn't it? It's like, I know. I know. That's, that's like all we can do. But so yeah. That is, like uh, another, that is another positive in this like negative time that we find ourselves. People are actually, more people are doing some exercises, even... Right. Um, is his name that Joe Wicks guy doing the PE stuff in the morning and yeah it is yeah. promoting exercise for people because again we've spoken about it before um exercise is massive for like mental health in it yeah physical aspect is massive towards the mental clarity and mental well-being and I think people are finding that now that they need to do some exercise yeah. to to cope mentally in this like situation that we find ourselves in yeah it's that bit of resilience isn't it I think yeah I think and as well, I think because it's part of the government's recommendations, it's one of the only things that we're left with that we can do. It's it's part of that government government guideline at the moment, which is great. Obviously, yeah. me and you, because we, we've always trained. But then for people that we help, like I know you're obviously helping a lot of people out with jiu-jitsu and training, and I'm helping people out the same. But it's good that we can still recommend that, like you say, for the physical and the mental uh, yeah. aspects like so yeah, my, my training's been going okay. The only thing I think I'd probably say is, I, I, I don't know about you, but I've, I've been definitely eating more. <laughs> oh, mate, tell me about it, yeah. All sorts, like, yeah, just constantly in the cupboard every, like, 20 yeah. minutes, 30 That's minutes. Me. What can I have now? What can I have now? That's me. Like, I don't know I'm, like, helping people out with, like, you know, uh, trying to keep a healthy weight, but I think I'd put, I think I weighed myself today, I think I'd put about five pounds on in about three or four weeks. Yeah, the DL. I it's not a goal by any means. It was just like a little jokey throwaway comment that I put on our jujitsu WhatsApp group. And by the time I get back, I want to be like 100 kilograms with zero cardio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to lie lie on top of people. Absolutely. And I've found a lot of clients are the same who I've been helping. Um, they're all like stressed. Like that, that first two or three weeks of lockdown, everyone's like stress eating and sort of in the cupboards and, you know, like chocolate and all sorts of stuff. So... I think now we're getting into, is it week four now, is it, or week five? Um, week four is tomorrow, isn't it? Week is it? That's tomorrow, I think, because it was three weeks on the Thursday. When the announcement was Thursday, that was like the third week, I think. Yeah. I might go that wrong, but I'm sure that was the third week. Yeah, yeah. So now week yeah, so we are going to week four. So, like, I know for myself, I've put the brakes on now. I'm like, right, we've had a bit of fun eating there. Let, let's just get it back to... Um, yeah. The normality and some good eating habits and i've been saying the same to clients I've, i think i sent a message out yesterday just saying right you've had your two or three weeks <laughs> eating biscuits let's get into some sort of uh back to almost some like almost like the novelty of lockdown has wore yeah. off now you've had your three weeks we are going to continue this yes yeah. so now we need to get yeah. back to a routine that we were we were implementing before and that's like going to carry on wasn't it for at least another three weeks so yeah. we can't just keep going on with like you know not exercising or like eating a load of crap all the time so yeah we have got to get back to some good eating habits i think uh, included you know i'm keeping myself in that there i'm enjoying it me though i'm enjoying like eating and i'm not necessarily burning off the calories because i'm not doing jujitsu obviously five six days a week so i'm enjoying and i've got i've got quite a decent setup in my garage gym wise so I, my sort of goal during the lockdown was Again, going back to like stoic philosophy and that, trying to control what I can control. I can't control, I can't do jiu-jitsu, so that's out of the window. 
Yeah. I can I can do it mentally so I can look at videos and analyze matches and look at techniques and stuff, but at the end of the day, there's only so much YouTube technique you can retain. Yeah. So I'll try I, and restrict I, I, that's been tough for you because you were you were like you are all about jujitsu and you were training so much yourself and coaching. Has that been quite tough for you or is it, was it, it has been it has been difficult. Um I've started doing a lot of we'll, we'll speak about it in a bit, but I started like doing a little bit of online stuff for the for the uh, the members of the gym and that like, but the, the HQ Academy, so Roger Gracie's Academy in London have put a massive comprehensive online using Zoom, oh. um, six classes a week, so, not not so, sorry, um, six days a week, multiple classes a day for kids, adults, others. So they've provided like a massive online platform for our members that we can utilize. So took a bit of pressure off me really trying to um, accommodate me members, like giving them sort of content and that all the time. But yeah. Um, I've been doing some little videos to put on our private Facebook group and I do a weekly email like bit blatantly ripped off the uh, Tim Ferriss Five Bullet Friday. Good it? <laughs> it is good. It is good. Works all done it and um, I've had, a, had quite good feedback from that off the members and that and yeah. just giving them some of the like the videos that I've been watching, hopefully it can because again, analysing matches and stuff, even I can't even though I can't do stuff physically, I can do stuff mentally and keep mentally I want to get back, but I've been enjoying going back to the eating, but I've been enjoying eating because I'm not burning the calories and I've got a pretty good gym set up in my garage. Yeah. Just being gone. I've just gone back to basics doing um like Matt. We've spoke about Matt Rippertall before, only in his strength program that he promotes, like yeah, three sets of um five, just doing compound lifts, bench, deadlift, shoulder press, yeah. squats. Yeah. I've been doing that three or four times a week and I'm enjoying eating and having energy to actually lift. Like, that was a thing for you, wasn't it? That that was something you were struggling with injuries. Like you were training so much on the mat, yeah, you weren't able to get your strength training in. I know. And getting your muscle going because you were so busy doing the other stuff. So I think like this has been a blessing in that way, I suppose. Isn't it? Enjoying, I'm enjoying sort of giving injuries a time, bit of time to relax and heal, yeah. and I'm enjoying lifting, like not being sore, so I can actually go and lift and squat and stuff like that. So it's been quite good. Yeah. 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 Do you think? It's something I've been thinking about in the last like three weeks since I've been doing this sort of strength lifting protocol. You you probably know better than me, but does is there something about strength and weight training that helps reduce injuries? Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. So the stronger you are, the less injury prone you might be. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because um, not just strengthening like your your skeletal system up, but it's also strengthening all your ligaments, your tendons. Yeah. All the sort of supporting structures, so, yeah, definitely for injury prevention. Yeah, because um, like I say, if if all of a sudden you you have to go and sprint or you need to lift up something into the car or something like that, if you have been strength training, you built that base up. Injury prevention definitely. Yeah, in that yeah, huge. And I'm kind of the the idea I'm playing around with is that like the strength training will will almost make me a little bit more robust for then going back onto the mat. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. And it's it's tough for you, isn't it? Like, we, we, we've touched on this before about you trying to get, like, the best of both worlds in there. But I think because you're rolling so much and because, obviously, you've you've launched the, uh, like, your jiu-jitsu school as well, it's, it's been hard for you to get that regular strength training in, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah, I have struggled whether whether time constraints or the fact yeah. that I'm just so, so, so from... Yeah. From doing jujitsu and fatigued, yeah, and trying to do it in the gym and that—that that is when I've found I'm picking up more injuries. So yeah. now, 
again, turning that positive into a negative and trying to control what I can control. I'm using this time to maybe build up that strength base, yeah. build up that robustness and resilience. So when I get back on the mat, hopefully I'm a, a little less injury prone. Like, Yeah, I think so. I, I think that's a big thing. I think it's a big yeah. thing. Because I think, I think a lot of the time people who are really into their sports, obviously you have to spend a lot of time in that sport to get better at it. Yeah. Sometimes we, we neglect the other stuff, don't we? Like the, like the flexibility or the mobility or the yeah. strength or the injury prevention. So I think, like you say, during this time, hopefully this will help you out a little bit. Definitely. When you do go back on the mat. Yeah. And I've been working a little bit on, again, it's not not something that interests me a lot, but I'm working a little bit on mobility and stuff as well. Uh, I, I, feel like, I feel like at our, our age, we have to work on stuff like that. And it's one of the things that, We've spoke about it quite quite often, but it's it's something I wish I'd have started. Again, it's not something that interests me. I do find it boring, but I, it's a necessity, isn't it? It's a necessity. It is. It is. Um, I agree. It's definitely something that I struggle with. I think I think there's definitely something to like. I just think active recovery sometimes can help as well. So things like going for walks, like me and you enjoy our walk yeah. and the dog. I think that helps promote recovery and mobility to some extent but i also think um even just doing really good strength training but like good technique controlling that and like the movements because if you think about it, going into like a squat or something like that a loaded squat if you're going you know quite far down yeah. you are stretching the hips and you are putting you know you're taking the body through or the joint to a full range of motion all right under load so that can be a form of mobility training as well Oh, I don't have thought of that. Uh, it's, it's, it's something we don't normally think of. We always think of like we have to be doing yoga or sort of foam and things like that, which I do think there's value to them things as well. Yeah. But I think just from doing your strength training, like, you know, like like your... Um, so like warm-up sets maybe, lighter weight, just concentrating on form. Yeah. Just in that groove, just yeah. going down and, yeah. Definitely, definitely. So I definitely think there's something to that as well. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, the... Um, the mobility and the stretching, yeah, I, I do struggle with it. I must admit, one one position I've enjoyed, and it's going to sound really weird, this, but <laughs> the bottom position of a squat, so no no barbell or anything, just body weight. Yeah. So, like, trying to promote, like, ankle extension and knee extension. Yeah. Just sitting in the bottom of a squat, I've found that really, yeah. like, almost relaxing, and I can feel the, the tension releasing the bottom of my back. Yeah, you yeah. I mean? so I've been trying to spend a little bit of time in the bottom of a squat, Heels on the ground, just yeah. working, working little little niggling spots and that like that. Yeah. I've, I've, I've quite enjoyed that actually. That's a really good move in that. That's I think there's an actual test called the ten minute squat test. I think. Uh, and right. it's, it's trying to keep your heels on the floor, but it's fantastic for uh, ankle mobility. Right. And that's something I struggle with. I think because of I played basketball for years, my ankles are all jacked up. Yeah. I haven't got very good flexibility, but that that sitting in the bottom of the squat. Even if somebody has to hold on to something. Yeah, so using like the, the edge of a door frame or something yeah. like that. Something like that, or like some sort of pole, or they can hold something, hold on to something where they can sit right down into it, keep your heels down, and yeah. work into them corners of the ankles. I think that, and like really good for the hips as well, really good for the ankles. I think that's a really good tool, or like I say, if you don't enjoy doing a lot of flexibility work, you could maybe time yourself and see. Yeah. If you can try and increase the time every time you do it, you know, the squat test. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really good for, 
when we're talking about people with limited gym equipment and that, all this kind of stuff like working on mobility is you're doing something, it's taking out, it's basically getting rid of all the options where you've not got much choice in the matter. Yeah. You've got to use what you've got. And even if that's, yeah. again, you're working mobility, flexibility, grabbing onto a door frame and going down into a, a full ass to grass squat and holding it there, then if that's what you've got to do and that's all you've got. You just reminded me then, I, I, seen a, I, seen a, I seen a video last week and it was one of these like videos, I think it was on Facebook or something. And it was some guy in his back garden and, he, and, he, and he's got like a plastic garden chair. Right. And he's got his barbell and he kind of loaded it onto his chest where he was trying to do like an inclined chest and then, and then the chair snapped. Oh. Back on it. There's a few of them knocking about in the like fitness fails during lockdown and that. It was a little funny, but like obviously not funny for him. But yeah, I was laughing. At that. You know, like trying to do like an inclined bench press on the chin. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. So, Pete, what what have you been? Um, I know we've spoke about it before, but what have you implemented in your business then? Because obviously, like the same as me with the jujitsu and that, yeah. we can't obviously we can't obviously do it the way we were doing it before. So, yeah. how, how have you implemented change in your uh, PT business? Well, we've had to move quite quickly with changing. So it's like you said, when they announced the lockdown, I think it was on a Friday, it, it just threw everything up in the air. And um, really stressful weekend, obviously, because we've got like a bricks and mortar gym business mm-hmm. where people come and train in small groups. So it was a bit of a, a bit of a nightmare. So I think a lot of people who are fearful because they've got maybe family members with medical conditions, or they just don't want to go out and they want to follow the guidelines. They just want to stay at home. So what I've done is uh, we, we, we've put like Zoom sessions on. So I think Zoom has been absolutely hammered, hasn't it? So Sorry to interrupt you, mate, but did you hear the conspiracy theory that Zoom started COVID-19? <laughs> no, 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 no. No. Because they must be on the mint them now, mustn't they? Oh, mate, I'll tell you what. Like We'll maybe get into conspiracy theories in a bit. But um, that's funny, yeah. Zoom started. <laughs> that's the new one. That's the new one. Just to, prop, just to profit off personal trade, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Because they've, they've blown up, haven't they? Oh, huge. I like Because the other morning I was on it, and I couldn't get on because it, it must have been... Oh, oh it just crashed, it was, like, yeah. Crashed or whatever, but they've done all these updates now. But, yeah, every, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at the moment, I'm on Zoom at half seven in the morning with a group. So I've got about ten... 10 of the girls on the, on the screen or yeah. like guys and we've got like uh, I'm just coaching for this room basically so I do like a 30 minute blast with them and, it, and it's a good start to the morning but it's, a, it's a, like an accountability thing as well so something I've also done is like send them like home workouts to do because I've got home workout videos that, yeah. that I do but what I've found is some people are okay with that but a lot of people they need that accountability so they yeah. need to say Right, Gary's going to be on at half seven, so I need to turn up for that. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm probably not going to do it. So, the Zoom sessions have been good for that. It's been giving like the clients accountability, and I've been coaching them. Uh, I put some workouts together. We've been coaching them from here. So, doing like squats, press ups, light dumbbells, tins of beans, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been uh, it's it, it's gone down well, and it, and it's kept people going, and it's allowed me to keep the business going as well. Why I'm still helping people, so yeah, I'm yeah. helping people out because at the end of the day, people still need to stay fit and healthy through this. So um, it's it's given me the chance to help people do that. So yeah, it's been good. Zoom, home workouts. So yeah, awesome. Can you see 
um, anything what you're doing now in terms of the Zoom stuff? Can you see anything of, like that continuing once once we we've ended lockdown? We go back to our in inverted commas normal lives. Could you be te- could you see something that's come out of this lockdown that you could implement in your business after it? Yeah, maybe continuing the Zoom sessions for people who maybe can't get the gym or one to one privates through Zoom, something like that. Yeah, we have we have spoke about that, and that's like like what you've just said there. That's a really good way of thinking because it's taken like it's almost thinking. Well, our hands been forced here by this COVID nineteen going into lockdown, but what can we take out of this and then maybe bring into the business moving forward? So it's just made us realize that maybe the home workouts could be better. So what I've looked at is maybe I could, rather than having just a workout videos of me demonstrating the exercises, could there be a follow along home workout video? Yeah. Uh, we've, all, we've also looked at maybe there could be live Zoom sessions to sort of complement the program. Mm-hmm. seeing me in person but you also log on we, and we have a live zoom every week so there are lots of positives or there are lots of sort of ways of maybe using some of this technology to sort of move it move it forward yeah. or improve it in the future um like you said we've got people using the studio remotely on their own and maybe we could implement something like that in the future where we could write them a program and they could go and do it you know i was thinking about the other day that um because you have these 24-hour access gyms now, don't you? Like, yeah. I don't know. Some of the gyms in St. Helens are 24 hours. And obviously, you're restricted to, like, almost like business times, aren't you? But that'd be, I was thinking about that. It could be something that I don't know how you'd implement it. But because you're doing remote sessions, someone could potentially access your gym at 3 o'clock in the morning when they've finished a night shift or something. Yeah. And just follow along a program that you've done for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's something that could continue out of this, isn't it? Yeah, we, we've, we've kind of looked at all of that. Like we have looked at all that. There are a lot of question marks around like security and yeah. insurance, and there's lots of questions around would it be still valuable for the client, which I think it would. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely options there moving forward. Yeah. So even though it's been a bad time, it's been a really bad time for the business, it, it's still, there could be some sort of positives and things to take forward, definitely. No, I agree. And I think that's, um, it's some of that I've been like promoting on um, the incremental gain social media platforms and stuff is about having the mindset, even though, yes, we are in uh, for it's, it's different for everyone, isn't it? Like people yeah. on the front line, the nurses, my sister's a, a district nurse, like and she's dealing with patients who are actually um, diagnosed with with coronavirus and all this. Like so for the NHS and all the frontline workers, it's it's a really difficult, traumatic time. Do you know what I mean? But for people similar to me and you who may be furloughed or um, run their own businesses who have got that support and are sort of surviving, you know what I mean? I think having that mindset that what can you get out of this that can be implemented after it, how yeah. can you grow in a time of adversity is massive to having it, that mindset. Huge, mate, huge. I, I was talking to, obviously, I was talking to Sheridan last week about this um, and like the first couple of weeks, I, I'll be honest, my sort of overwhelming emotion around all of this was anger. I, I was quite angry. Yeah. I don't know why. When, like when I've sort of looked at it, it's it's that lack of control. It's the lack of not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lack of control around business, uh, what's going on in, in, in like life, what's happening. Yeah. The economy and all that type of stuff. So 
I was quite sort of thrown off the first couple of weeks, really angry about it. But then, like you say, um, people like your sister-in-law there, like, we've, we've got to remember, they're like NHS workers. I know. Like doctors who are pulling, like, probably 24-hour shifts or, you know, 14-hour days. So <laughs> then I, 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 issues, I, yeah. I kind of thought, what, what am I actually moaning about? Yeah. Because um, there are people going through a lot of a lot of crap at the moment, aren't they, with all of this sort of going on? Uh, and I don't I don't want to seem like we're trivialising it here, like, but oh, no. obviously the NHS and that are having a really difficult time. But there are people who are just being asked to stay at home. Yeah. And for that generalisation of people, what can we do in this time to to grow from it, to grow from this position? And yeah. Can we get in the gym? Can we do have better mobility? Can we look at our business models and maybe change them slightly? So when we end this, yeah, and I think that's that's what I'm trying to sort of promote through some of the stuff we're, we're doing at the moment. Like, yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to like I was saying to Sheridan as well. He like I think he said to me, just take this time to sort of like plan for the future. Yeah, take this time to maybe spend a bit more time with like your family, uh, obviously your immediate family, your loved ones, and things like that. And just reflect a little bit on you yeah. know, sort of life or whatever, and maybe make some. I think it's, that's a good point as well, like reflecting on what's important. So, like, yeah. in terms of, I mean, I don't know about you, but sweatpants have become the new norm. I've never wore like sweatpants much in my life. I'm normally in jeans and a t shirt or something, but sweatpants and shorts are the norm. Yeah. Flops or sliders. Yeah. I've got clothes in my wardrobe that I've just not worn for like three weeks. And you think, well, how important were they? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like and like going out for meals, obviously, and that are out of the question at the moment. So, yeah. Like, take stock of what's important to you. I don't need to be spending money constantly on clothes that I hardly ever wear. And that's it, mate. I, I thought exactly the same thing. I, like we we go like we spend a fortune on living coffee shops and yeah for meals at times. And like you say, I do like my clothes, like yourself, but. I've spoke to a few people this week, uh, friends and that, and they've almost said to me, I'm actually quite enjoying this now because it's a very simple way of life. Yeah, it's almost Spartan, isn't it? Like, you can get in the gym, you can work out, <laughs> and then you've got to sit there, and I know we've got social media and that, like, but there's almost, like, nothing to do, so you get plenty of time to reflect and ponder stuff and... Yeah, you know what I mean, and yeah, a simple, a simple life. Yeah, that's a good way. It does make you think. Does a lot of that other stuff, like you just alluded to, does it matter? I know. Does it really matter? Well, this uh, time has kind of ended commercialism, hasn't it? Because yeah. what do you want? Nice clothes for if we can't go out? So that's yeah. out of the window. No one's buying stuff for fear of maybe they want to save that money in case they can't pay the mortgage this month and that. Like so, we're in a time where commercialism and materialism it's kind of out the window and yeah. what you're left with is everything stripped back so we're like we are who we are who are you you know what i mean like totally totally and it's so it, it does kind of like bring you back to that doesn't it really like that minimalism thing again that we yeah. spoke about in uh, in the past it takes you more towards that and i don't think that's a, i don't think that's a bad thing i don't think it cuts out the, cuts out the <laughs> sorry mate what? The only thing we've got to figure out now is how to get off, off the mobile phone for a bit, maybe. I know, I know. <laughs> I have noticed I get an update on my phone that tells me how long my screen time's been, like this week or whatever, and uh, I'm quite uh, embarrassed by it, to be honest. <laughs> but everything's done on my phone. I go on all, like, post everything, like, and do emails, and, like, yeah. apart from Skype, 
but you can do that on your phone you just can't record the conversation that's all but yeah. everything's done on my phone so yeah. that's why my screen time so that's how i justify it to myself anyway <laughs> exactly mate it's all for business it's all for business and it's all in the it's all it's all but i think going back to minimalism i think it's like i've been i've not been into it i've not sort of adopted the lifestyle but it's something that's been there in my consciousness yeah. looking at maybe stuff that i don't need stuff that's not essential stuff that you can maybe get rid of that you're not going to miss and yeah. even down to everything now our workouts have got to be minimalist haven't they because we've got yeah. to cater with the even food maybe food choices have got to be minimalist you've got to stick to basic yeah protein sauce yeah. vegetables even that now you've got to stick to basic sort of food sources haven't we and yeah i think it's going to be an important kind of shift for us mentally yeah i do i do like you say it, i suppose a lot of people will just come out of it and go straight back into the normal routine but maybe they can't maybe we won't be allowed to do that but i think at the moment i think i'll definitely be trying to take some of this stuff forward and yeah some of the lessons that we've that we've had to learn through this i think i'll be taking them forward into me you know, training, business, life, sort of moving forward with it, I think. It kind of, um, remember in like psychology in school and that we'd be talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You spoke about before, yeah. So it's kind of like, obviously like, so the bottom platform of the pyramid is our, we need oxygen, we need sleep, we need water, we need food. The next level up is maybe like a house, roof over our head. Yeah. And we get to the top and the top is like the clothes, the mobile phones. Yeah. It's kind of like strip that right back on it. So now we're yeah. just focusing on we need we need to work to earn to pay our mortgage. We need water, we need shelter, we need heat, we need food. There's not much more than that. We need connection. Yeah. There's not much more than that that we need at this moment in time. To strip that right back, hasn't it? Yeah. I think so. I think like materialism is a is an interesting subject, isn't it? It's we all fall for it and we all get suckered into it. But yeah, I think some of us more than others. You know, I think it, it's it, it it is an interesting one that um, I was listening to. I don't know if you listen to Ricky Gervais. He's he's, he's quite a funny guy. Not um, regularly, but I, I have listened to some. Is it a podcast or is it a, a yeah? He had, show or? he had a podcast uh, this week and he's took a little bit of uh, not flack, but he was sort of taking the mickey out of uh, celebrities saying like stop moaning like they yeah. just in your mansion and you can't you know do anything and you <laughs> and you can be swimming your swimming pool twice a day and he was like he was alluding back to the like the nhs workers going out again and sort of doing all that and then you, we've yeah. got millionaires sat in mansion celebrities who are moaning about yeah yeah it was like, right back to that kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> but yeah commercialism and materialism i think if, you, if you're that way inclined to maybe, like you say, adopt these lessons that you're learning now and tap them into your life after this coronavirus epidemic and that, yeah. then it's just a simple life, isn't it? Like, if, yeah. you're not, if you're not... Materialism, for me, it's trying to keep up with the Joneses, isn't it? So yeah. you're buying all these things to try yeah. and keep up with someone else or the celebrity culture, yeah. these Instagram yeah. um, stars and influencers. You're basically trying to, like get status are you yeah by buying these clothes these yeah the technology the cars and that like and yeah and we all get sucked into it we all get we all get drawn into that no matter what it is whether like you say it's maybe social media where we're trying to keep up with someone on there it's all, or, it's all algorithms and stuff in it as well so they, even subconsciously we might not think we are but then you're looking or 
it can even be something like I know people, I've got friends who who live on like nice estates and like they've got to, they've got to have a nice car because they can't have the neighbour having a nicer car than them. So oh, then yeah. they've got to have a certain type of car, they've got to have a certain type of, you know, lifestyle that goes along with that. And it, it can be a never ending thing where no, no, no. I like to think that I can well, I try to sort of live quite a Simplish, but again, I, I still enjoy nice things, so I'm a hypocrite there, Anna. But yeah. um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with enjoying nice things, but I think it, the reason the reason why you buy like the, the minimalist guys, I can't remember the names now, but I'll put a link when this goes up on YouTube. Yeah, Did I tell you this is going up on YouTube, by the way. No, no, thanks for that. <laughs> it will be going up on YouTube. Um, <laughs> I'll put a link to the minimalist guys, and they come up with some quite good points. That first of all, you ask yourself, can you afford it? Yeah. Which is fine if you can. You can. You go and get it, yeah. and then ask yourself, do you do you need it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's and such an important question that. And if at the end of the day you think, well, I don't need it, but I want to treat myself, then that's fine as well. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. do you need it at first? Do you need it? What are the reasons for buying it? Is it ego? Is it you just want something? The next generation of something or what? Yeah. And that's I think something. I think you just said that is massive. I think. Something I try and do, again, don't always um, succeed, but it's like asking yourself like questions. So asking yourself better questions. Yeah. And for me, that is a really, really good question. Like when you get to that, it's like, right, do I really need this? You know, I think if everyone said that, do I like, do I really need this? And I I, the answer probably most of the time is no. Probably. Exactly. I know. And it comes back down to this like basic, simple life. Do you need it? Do you need a new pair of? And I'm definitely guilty of this. Like Lauren will tell you, I've got like yeah. twelve pairs of jeans. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah. just I just like jeans. I don't know why. And not expensive jeans. I just like jeans for some reason. <laughs> but like, do I need another pair of jeans? No, I don't. And that that is something that maybe I'm, I'm going to tech. Yeah. Not just for jeans. I mean for everything in in general. Like, but that's something I'm going to tech from this definitely. But yeah, that that. That's something that I got from the minimalist guys, right? And the, the 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 sort of theories and concepts that they adopt. Can you afford it? Do you need it? Yeah, totally. I, haven't they got like um, like is it three t-shirts or something? Black t-shirt, white t-shirt, grey t-shirt, yeah. or something. Yeah. And then they just rotate them t-shirts and yeah, there's a, there's a game that you play, which is isn't there? There's like decision fatigue as well, isn't there? So yeah, it takes away. I think. They were talking about it just takes away that decision fatigue. So you've not got to think, right, what am I having like um, for my breakfast in the morning and what am I going to work? It's like that decision is yeah. taken away and it's that minimalist, right, I'm <laughs> breakfast every day. I wear the same T-shirt. <laughs> That's it. Three pairs of the same colour jeans, I think they have. They have a, a blue, black, grey and white T-shirt. Yeah. They have one jacket, a yeah. casual jacket and a, a more dressy jacket for like going out and that. Yeah. Uh, pair of black shoes, pair of brown shoes. Yeah. Job done. Jobs are good. Yeah. So I'll have to get rid of all them trains. I've got in the, in the <laughs> they do an interesting game, actually, and it's something that like people could actually start adopting during lockdown. It's yeah. called, um, I think it's the 30-day challenge. Right. So each day, so the first day you start this challenge, you've got to get rid of one item that you don't need or use anymore. Day two, you get rid of two items. Day three, three items. Day four, four items. So yeah. by the end of the 30-day challenge, on the last day, you're getting rid of 30 things that you don't need or want anymore. And it can be as little as um, some 
some coasters that are in the top drawer of the yeah. the, the room, some batteries. And then yeah. you start getting bigger into like some of the clothes that you've never wore for like a year. And and you build up to these like and then the the, the three thousand downgraded phones that you've got in your top drawer that you never get rid of, <laughs> getting rid of them. So by the end of the day, you get rid of these 30 things and you just left with, and I'm not saying it has to be minimalist, like one yeah. t-shirt, one pair of jeans, one oh, pair of shoes. That's extreme, isn't it? Yeah, but you're getting rid of stuff that's not essential to you and you're left with the essential items. Yeah. Thought it was quite a good game. It's really good. And then and then sell it all online and, and then there's your start <laughs> business. <laughs> there's yeah. your little side hustle. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like plug it all online. <laughs> but that you. Sorry, yeah. go on. Come on, you, you go. I was saying that decision fatigue is something that um, thinking that we was having this, knowing that we was, knowing that we was having this podcast and um, sort of thinking of some of the topics that we, we could talk about and that, but yeah. that just prompted something in me then. Decision fatigue, and there's a, there's another term for it, um, paralysis by analysis, isn't it? Sorry, mate, just gone off there. Am I still on? You're still on, I've got you, I've still got you. It's that paralysis by analysis, I've heard a term. I don't know if you've come across that term before, but that can go back to the, um, the yeah, gym equipment as well. Yeah. It? We've got that much gear. and you go into a gym, you've got that much stuff knocking about the wonderful, like, um, what are they called? Pulley machines, Smith machines, yeah. Yeah. new vibrator platforms, all that. Like, you yeah. almost become paralysed by the amount of equipment that there's knocking about, isn't there? Yeah. The more options there are, it's almost too many options, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas now you're forced to just go... I've got a kettlebell, I've got a skipping rope, yeah, and I've got a, a lacrosse ball. What, yeah. can, what can I do with them? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think that's a massive thing for a lot of people. You know, decision fatigue, uh, not having a routine, or just too many options in general. That's that's huge, isn't it? I know. I know. It's a huge thing. Even like me and Kate were even talking yesterday about saying about maybe we could do some stuff to the house. You know, like improve it and. We were saying, like going back to the, the uh, minimalist thing, like we only really live in two rooms. Like we don't use <laughs> the rooms at all. Yeah. And we're paying for the house, but we only we only live in two rooms. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know. What are we, what are we doing? You know, it's uh, it, it it does make you question things. Like we have a so like our house where we live, we've got the we've got the three bedrooms. One's like more of a, a wardrobe room, storage room, and we've got the back bedroom, and like. Me and Laura laugh like, but it's always made up as a bedroom. Right. But yeah, no one else lives here. There's only me and Laura who live here. So we live, we've live. we got our normal bedroom, but we have the back bedroom made up as a bedroom. Yeah. But like, it's not serving any purpose. I mean, we have guests like once a year, something like that. Do you know what I mean? And we have a dining table. And I always say to Kate, I always joke saying, we've never had anyone around there. <laughs> 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 we've never had anyone around. No, it's like you see, uh, yeah, people with the dining, big dining tables that fit like twelve people around, and there's all plates and that's set out all like yeah. nice, as though it's on a, a catalogue cover or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the other two people sit there. Like, who's that for? Uh, <laughs> don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying this is about you, but in just general people who are thinking about buying like bigger houses and stuff, like that's a that's a good question to ask themselves. Why do we need a bigger house? Why? Yeah. What are the reasons? Why is it? Because yeah. you maybe wanted to start a family, or is it because you feel like your status deserves yeah. a bigger house for your status? In life? I just want it. Like, why? Well, I just want it. Well, why? Well, it, it normally comes down to, well, that other person's got it, so I want yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, I know, I know. 
No. Again, I'm not saying any of these are right or like I'm like righteous or anything. It's just I think I always try to just make you think, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So have you noticed um anything from your gym members regarding the mental health? I know like you you're doing a lot around the physical health and stuff and still yeah, still doing the online sessions, the Zoom. Yeah. Because you're not really having that one to one. That person yeah. connection. That are you noticing any sort of mental health issues coming out of it? Any people getting anxious about stuff? Yeah, and there's a lot of fear yeah. around, isn't there? Definitely, mate. Uh, me included, but also a lot of clients who are kind of reaching out, um, just just through text messages, emails. A lot of people are struggling uh, mental health wise. Just uh, fear. I think anxiety is the big one. I think it, it, people seem to be very anxious about it. Yeah, about uh, the future or about the, the, the lives or just everything in general, I think, isn't it? I think everything in general. I think the, the change. Um, and it's been a quick change, hasn't it, as well? It hasn't just been a gradual change. It's been such a quick change. Um, so, yeah, I have noticed to a lot of clients, members, quite anxious, um, struggling with mental health. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, what... I read a book a while ago um, by a guy called Sebastian Younger. He's he's been oh, on a few podcasts and that, but I read that yeah, I really want to read. Is it Tribes? Tribes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it to summarise like some of the points in it, he he has a um, a passage that that talks about in general in times of like massive um, world like traumatic events like wars or yeah. catastrophes and stuff in general. Um, depression, anxiety, suicide, they all decline. Yeah. Because, again, generalising, when stuff's happening, world events that is a lot of the time out of people's control, we tend to draw and rely a lot more on community yeah. and neighbours and the community around you and the small areas that you live in. Yeah. And I was thinking about this the other day that he's saying in general, yeah, that happens, but because we're being told to isolate ourselves now, yeah, and maybe not have that interaction, not have the connection. I know it's, I know we've got Skype and technology and that, but yeah. we we can't have that sort of community element. And there is people supporting each other, but we can't leave our houses, can we? We're told that we can't really go out and that's have that connection. So yeah. I think that's that's integral with uh, people's mental health is that we're not we're not connecting with people, are we? On a yeah a physical level anymore. I think that's really like you've identified it there, but I didn't. I didn't even think of it like that. But I suppose this is a quite a unique situation where, because I know um, Sebastian Young, I've heard him speak a lot about the Blitz in London during the war, and I've heard him talk about nine eleven, saying yeah. during them times, like New York City and London, communities really, really come together, and people spoke more, people were nicer. Yeah. Depression went down, suicide went down, because through that struggle and through that sort of time, people like help each other out and, and they pull together. But what's funny about that is obviously, like you've identified there, is we're going through a similar thing now. I do think people are pulling together. Like I've noticed, like we're speaking to neighbours a little bit more and people are like letting on to each other. Yeah. Like the NHS clap every yeah that's brilliant isn't it yeah yeah i can see our, our road and our street all coming together but we haven't got that um social interaction so it's quite a unique situation that isn't it i know, I know it's it's different isn't it so like i can see what he's saying sebastian younger about all these catastrophes and world events but this is completely 
different, yeah. A one of a kind, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. One of a kind, unique. It is, it is, because we haven't got that, like you said, we haven't got that, that interaction. Like the same, like there's people, like we, like we can't see our families, can we? Like we can't see our parents, so we can't see our grandparents. So it is a, it is a strange one. It is a strange one. So, but it will play out, obviously, as, as we go, won't it? I think the massive... One of the massive things that I can imagine, because obviously the work I do like with the Lee Community Trust in the charity, third sector and all that, I can see a massive issue on loneliness and isolation, especially from the elderly. Once we finish this, there'll be, there'll be a lot of, hopefully, money thrown towards isolation and loneliness, because, again, that's the big thing that we're saying, because we can't socialise, you can't just nip around your, yeah. your, your, your grandma's house for a cup of tea to make sure she's all right and that you're being told to stay away, so... I think there will be massive issues around loneliness. I've got, a few, I've got a few clients like that. There's a few, I've got friends, I've got clients who are on their own. They're just on their own. So that's that's tough, isn't it? You know, that, that is yeah. tough. That, is. And one of our, again, that hierarchy of needs, you need connection. Social yeah. connection is is massive. Yeah. yeah. And so if this goes on another three weeks and then, and then it goes on beyond that, it's going to get... It's going to get tougher, potentially, for some people. Like, it's tough for us all, but, you know, we've all got our own unique situations, but it can be certainly really tough for some people, I think, who are really isolated, you know, who, who just can't get out. Like, if you live in a flat and you haven't got a garden, and, you know, all, all that's tough, isn't it? I know, I know. And take, it, take it for granted. I mean, we've got, an, we've got a nice garden. We can sit out in the garden when it's sunny, but, yeah, if you live in a third-floor block of flats or whatever and all you can do is open the window and look outside, that... Exactly. That's it. I know. I'm just reading a book at the moment called um, "The Science of Storytelling" uh, by a guy called Will Will Starr, and it's um, so it's a it's about stories and why we're we're so intrigued by stories and the the theory behind a story. So the five five different um, acts in a story follow on like a hero's journey. That's the the idea behind the story. Like, yeah. but he also relates it to actual science behind. Like he, he talks about the greatest storyteller. Why are we so enthralled by stories? Because our brain is the greatest storyteller ever. Yeah. So we we have our identity is is a, just a made up story that we tell ourselves every day. You yeah. know, it's not actually reality. It's just the percep our perception of reality is how we make up our identity. Just stories. And in the book, he's got this. Um, he, he talks about an experiment that humans were tested in an isolation chamber. Um, flotation tank so sensory deprivation the yeah. water's the same temperature as the skin you can't see anything you can't hear anything so sensory isolation tank some people who wasn't weren't able to cope with the isolation and people who weren't maybe mindful or they wasn't into meditation or anything they wasn't uncomfortable being alone the experiment after um, a certain amount of time there was a buzzer in the corner yeah. When you press the buzzer, it gives you an electric shock. Oh, really? Yeah, and the study showed, according to this book, that the people who weren't mentally resilient, we'll say, to, to sit on their own in complete sensory deprivation, after a certain amount of time, they actually started administering themselves the electric shock just for action, just to do something and to, to combat that boredom or that isolation. So that that experiment has ramifications now when we're talking about isolation and stuff. People's behaviour is gonna is gonna um, copper 
that experiment if it's yeah. if it's correct like you know what i mean interesting yeah that's people really are going to start showing negative behavior whether that through alcohol whether or not through drugs although you wouldn't be able to get drugs off your drug supply because you can't leave your house on that but <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean though negative behavior patterns during this time of isolation yeah well that was a really interesting like experiment from this book yeah people people uh opting to shock themselves instead of just having a bit of uh, quiet time just for action just because they want something whether it's stimulation or yeah. something to tell themselves a story yeah it's it, a narrative it, it, some it, sort it, of narrative in that isolation it was fascinating yeah I've, 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 I've done them in isolation tanks and the first time you do it it can be quite strange it can be quite strange and it takes you a good i'd say 20 minutes to to, to, to start to definitely. relax definitely um, i think i've done an hour i think i've done an hour Right. Have you done them regularly, like, have you done? Was it just a couple? I did it. I, I think I did it right. I think I did it once a week for about two months. Mm -hmm. um, and I ended up really enjoying it. I don't know why I didn't carry it on, to be honest, but it's yeah. something that I found quite quite useful. But the first time, even the first couple of times of using it, like you said there, it's turning the monkey mind off and it's turning the brain off. Yeah. And getting used to just, just doing nothing, which is it's difficult. It really is difficult. To turn off that mental chatter in it, it's we're just constantly having because if you think about it, we're, we're just constantly having chats with ourselves all day, aren't we? That's yeah. all we're doing, yeah. That internal that internal dialogue, oh, that you just have with yourself, and yeah, yeah I mean, in that, when you put yourself in those situations that you did in the sensory deprivation tanks, and that, yeah, you're alone with your thoughts, yeah, and you realize then how much you actually like talk to yourself. Like you and you and Sheridan talk a lot about self-talk, don't you? Like how how big self-talk can be and how negative, or positive it can be. Yeah. You know, in, in like different arenas, whether it's sport or performance or business or just life. But yeah, that that, that chatter can be it can be big. It can yeah. be and a lot of the time, predominantly, it's negative as well. It is. Yeah. It we're is. very we're very um, what's the word? We're not very good at bigging ourselves up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of the time, the the, the self talk is negative, and there's a there's a quote I can't remember who said it now. But if if you spoke to yourself, sorry, if you spoke to your friends the way you spoke to yourself, you'd have no friends. Have any? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that negative internal chatter. And imagine if you wasn't aware of it, and constantly all day you're just berating yourself, your little yeah chimp in your head or whatever you want to refer to it as, you're in a bitch or whatever. Yeah. Just constantly at you. Imagine yeah. how that affects you. Yeah. your behaviour, your physiology, your relationships with other people. Huge, and that and that's the benefit of meditation, isn't it? You know, yeah. just sort of try try and quiet in some of that that noise, that internal noise. Yeah, even and just again, a short time. I know, and I think that could be massive to promote to people who are in isolation now, because yeah. if you're in isolation, you're on your own, you can't speak to anyone. You're maybe not accustomed to maybe being alone with your thoughts for a long period of time and stuff. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be difficult, that if you've not got a handle on it. Yeah, big. Oh. It's big, isn't it? It's big. So, so maybe that's something that could come out of this situation. More people will be in tune to looking at like maybe more Eastern philosophy in terms of mindfulness or meditation. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I I think it's how you deliver it, isn't it? It's it's kind of it, it's it's a lot of people aren't receptive to them sort of techniques or things because they see it as a little bit too like holistic therapy or yeah, whatever. A bit, bit wishy-washy. Yeah. Wishy but it's got massive value, hasn't it? You know, especially through 
it almost makes you more resilient, you know, not less resilient, but um, it, it's it's how that message is sometimes delivered to to the person. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. Um, you you've got to cater for your audience, haven't you? Yeah. 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 But I think I think more people are starting to embrace it as well. I mean, I find it in the work that I do, more people are becoming more, especially because of the rise of mental health issues and stuff. I think more people are looking for for answers that are gonna gonna help them and. It is becoming more, not popular, but more prominent in like people's consciousness. They are aware that mindfulness is a thing. Whether or not they practice or not is a different matter, but they are aware. They know what it is. Yeah. They know what meditation is. They know like sort of breathing, that kind of stuff. Like it's important. It is. It's it, it, it's yeah. huge. It's huge. It's like um, a, a lot more businesses now are looking at this as well. You know, looking at the welfare of the staff and. There's a big conversation around mental health now when it when it comes to business or the workforce. So there's there's a lot more going on. There's, there's, yeah. there's a lot more going on with this now. Yeah. They have a responsibility. I know we've we mentioned Dave Sheridan a few times, and I'm trying to get him on actually, but he, he seemed a bit reluctant when I um mentioned it to him. But yeah, <laughs> he's he's big into um the the corporate side. Have got this social social conscience. Yeah, and that that caters to them, doesn't it? Looking at your your staff and as yeah. a business, you've got your social conscious there. Yeah. Is that the right term? Am I saying that right? Social conscious? I think so, yeah. I think so. Um, like be, Before all this COVID-19 stuff kicked off, me and him actually went into a company um, to deliver like a two-day seminar on this. All right, nice. Well, I, I, I spoke a lot about the fitness side and the sort of like nutrition side, training, benefits yeah. of exercise, benefits of a healthy lifestyle. And he touched a lot on um, like – Mindfulness, meditation, stress, um, you know, all, all different facets of self-talk. And it was really, really good. It was quite powerful. And it, it, to a group of sort of, um, I think the second second one was to a group of men. Like real, you know. Was there, did they embrace it? Did they, did they take it on board? or we, we, we weren't sure whether they would. And a lot of them were very sort of, you know, Old, a lot of older guys in the 50s, you know, probably stuck in a certain way of doing things. Yeah, yeah. Very sort of hardworking, you know, uh, blue collar, that's obviously an American term, but um, working class guys really, but they really took it on, you know. All right. And we didn't know whether they would, but I think the way we delivered it, you know, like the way we put it together, um, it was it was quite powerful and they, and they really took it on board. I think it helps though, like we, we said about catering, to your audience and that the way you are and the way Dave is, yeah, you, you're very relatable to men of that sort of age as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was the way we put it across, I think. But it was, it was, it was good. It was really yeah. good. Ah, and I think that's massive. If 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 people of that kind of generation can, because um, the the statistics and I'm paraphrasing, like so, I might not get it completely correct, but from the ages early forties to late fifties is the age where most men. Unfortunately, is the highest percentage of when um, suicides happen. Yeah. Men of that men of that age. Yeah. So I mean, if you can, if you can start to give stuff to men of that age to yeah. to use as coping strategies or to make them take stock of their lifestyle and their mental health, then that's massive, and it? it's going to obviously help to bring those statistics down. And we so, found like people were like staying behind and having conversations, and it really opened up a lot of conversation around this type of stuff. Yeah. Um, that they never probably have, they would never have them conversations normally, either in work 
or home with the wife or down the pub. They just wouldn't have these conversations. So it was it was quite powerful. It was good. It was good. That's that stigma as well, isn't it? I know, I know people are doing some really good work to try and dispel these, oh, these myths and these stigmas that men shouldn't be allowed to talk about the their emotions and the, the things that worry about them. But it's a massive issue, isn't it? And especially with men of, of a certain generation, they're the considered that the, the, um, the what's the word I'm looking for? They were considered like the, the weak if they talk about their issues yeah. and the weak if they talk about maybe stuff that's happening at home and that, but... It's important yeah. that we do dispel these these myths and these stigmas, isn't it? Definitely, mate. Definitely. No. So I wanted to switch topics a little bit now. I know you're a massive basketball fan. Oh, yeah. And you've got Netflix. I have got Netflix. Are you looking forward to this new Chicago Bulls Michael Jordan documentary? I'm massively looking forward to this. I can't wait, honestly. I've, I've had it on my phone and I even added it, to, added it to my calendar. This mate, you've got it. You've got it. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Yeah, it's big. I'm in a. I'm in a WhatsApp group with a lot of the uh, the, the guys who we used to play with basketball. Yeah. This has been like every day. It's like oh, the Michael Jordan documentary. Can't wait for a Michael Jordan documentary. In it. So it's. Am I right in thinking that you're no more? You're no better than me. But like I was back in the day, I was massively into like Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, That's it. Rodman. So yeah. this this documentary is about the so they've already done a three-peat and yeah. they're now on the second three-peat yeah three yeah peat to like the final series in it to three-peat that's correct yeah so, yeah yeah so it's a huge yeah it's really going to be good like they've even brought it forward a little bit i think they've obviously tried to give people some there must be massive demand people must be like crying out for this documentary yeah. especially like if you was into basketball at the same sort of era that we were we were into it and that like yeah it's it's our era of nineties uh, basketball. It's yeah, yeah. when I was really really into it, and obviously yourself as well. Um, so I'm really 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 looking forward to it. So yeah. I think it's the final year, the Chicago Bulls' final year of, of that that super team being together. So, so they were all leaving after that, were they? Did yeah. They so leave? at the beginning of that season, Phil Jackson, who was the head coach at the time, basically announced. I think it was to do with the owners. Like they basically said to. Him, we aren't going to bring you all back next year. So th th this is the final. It's the last dance. That's why it's called the last dance. So it's, this, yeah. is, this is the last dance. And Phil Jackson knew that at the beginning of the season. So he, he told them all that, listen, th this is the last dance. Let's go out, you know, on top type of thing. Um, but it'd be fascinating. Um, I'm obsessed with Michael Jordan anyway. So this is just adding to my sort of obsession. What is it? What, what is your obsession with him? What do you find so... Um, I'm just fascinated by his competitive drive, um, his, his obsession with winning, um, to probably to a level of probably being unhealthy. That's how obsessed he was with winning and yeah. being the best. No, you have to be. You have to yeah. have that unhealthy. That's a good phrase to, to describe it. That's what you just said. That an unhealthy obsession to to get in the top echelons of any sporting endeavor. Yeah, you need to be a little bit crazy, a little bit obsessive, and I agree. Otherwise, you're not going to do it. Are you like? Look at the likes of, I mean, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. Yeah. We'll we'll put Conor McGregor in that. Um, yeah, I think so. Lloyd Mayweather, Tiger yeah. Woods. You have to be a little bit tapped, don't you? Yeah, I'd, I'd put all them in there. I, I would put all them all them guys in there. Uncommon, yeah. uncommon amongst uncommon people. To coin yeah. a phrase from David Goggins, yeah. Great quote. That is a that is a fantastic quote. Yeah, and I'd i definitely throw Michael Jordan in there with that. Um, yeah. he's, he was he was his compared. I think. I personally think a lot of people 
Because back in the 90s, we didn't have social media like we had now. So Michael Jordan kind of went, don't get me wrong, he was the most recognisable athlete in all the world back then. Yeah. But it, it wasn't like it is now where you can't get away with doing anything. I don't. I, I think after this documentary, people won't like some of the ways he probably is in this documentary. I think he's come out on, on YouTube. Some of the videos I've seen on YouTube for interviews in American TV that he, he's a little bit apprehensive as to how he will be perceived after this because of his um i mean you could you could call it bullying you know what i mean it will be it will be it will be but that that was him and i i'm kind of looking forward to some of that but i don't think i don't think some people will understand it i don't like some people think he's maybe just being nasty for the sake of being nasty but there's a reason why he was so great, and there's a reason why the Chicago Bulls were so great as well. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. And you know, he's still he's still one of the most highest grossing yeah. sports stars in the world. Yeah, unbelievable. Just through endorsements and that, even though he's long time yeah. retired. Unbelievable. He like he's in his fifties now, and he's 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 still right up there, which is which is amazing. Which is amazing. I know. I know. Um, but yeah, about yeah, that though. So when's it on? Is it, is it on tonight, that? Is it actually on? Um, I want to say it's on ESPN tonight and Monday it's on Netflix. It'll be on Netflix tomorrow for us. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. I don't know, though. I'm hoping they're going to put the whole thing on and not just, like, one episode every week. Well, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be. I, I, I've heard it might be two episodes every week. All right. I don't know whether that's right or wrong. Because that, that is really, that is, like, against the whole Netflix model, isn't it? I know. The model is to put one thing on in its entirety yeah. and people just binge it. I could be wrong though. They might just put the full thing on. I could be wrong. Um, I, so, I, don't know, I don't know how they're going to roll it out. That's binge worthy TV, that, innit? Yeah. You've got to be excited about it now, mate. I think, I if think... I remember correctly as well, Utah Jazz, that's who it's against, innit? Yeah, that was the. Uh, that, that's Carmel, the was it Carl Malone? Carl Malone. And who was the little, little guy, the point guard? John Stockton. Um, Malone and Stockton, the two, the uh, yeah, that they they uh, faced him in the finals, and it, it was a great final series as well. Yeah, I remember staying up on the uh, channel four when I was like 16 watching it. It was video cassettes then as well, wasn't it? Yeah, VHS, yeah, it was VHS, yeah, nothing, yeah, nothing on YouTube back then or like streaming anything back then. You still follow basketball. Yeah, uh, loosely. I don't follow it like I used to, um, but I still do uh, follow it. Like I, I still do follow it. Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's a completely di- it's a completely different game now. What it was in Michael Jordan's era. Uh, I was watching something yesterday, and um, they were talking about how physical it was back then compared yeah. to today. Yeah, it was a, a little bit like football, and like you know, I suppose like rugby in certain ways. It's, it, the game was different back in the nineties. It was a lot more physical. Yeah. Or brute force. Uh, it was less of. They've kind of changed the rules a little bit now. They've kind of changed the game a little bit. It's still a great game. I still really enjoy it. But it's. I. I, I do have a bias towards the nineties. I must admit, nineties yeah. basketball, brilliant. I don't really follow it anymore. Like I have tried to get back into it. Maybe and if there's a game on like BT Sports or whatever, I watch it. But because I can't relate to any of the players and I don't know any of them. I know. Like, again, going back to this like theory of creating narratives and stories. Yeah, because like almost Michael Jordan was a little bit aloof, and he was this amazing like yeah. player who was on all the billboards, all the yeah. serials, serials back in the day, wasn't he? And yeah, you, you wanted to watch him because you couldn't watch him anywhere else, so you tune in to watch him on yeah. this basketball game and that like. And 
create this story around him and like how good he was and that like was now because I've not got that backstory to any of the players and yeah, don't know about you, did you watch all these documentaries and that growing up as well like uh, yeah. Airtime and all that stuff yeah. yeah I had all them all lined up all like VHS tapes yeah I think he actually wore them out I, 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 like, I like watched them that much because that's the only way you can watch stuff on him no. like, like, like now there's so much access no, no. So I, I'm going like, to start reading up a little bit more actually on Phil Jackson because he must be underrated as a as a coach. You don't hear him like talked about in like the great coaches of sports or anything, do you? Yeah, enough, but he, he's probably, I think, if not the best basketball coach that's ever been. Because he went to Lakers, didn't he, as well, wasn't he at the Lakers? Yeah, and, and then he won another, I can't remember how many titles he won with the Lakers. I'm sure he won with Kobe and Shaq. He won another six, maybe. I, I could be wrong, might be four. But he, he, he won again. So he took his principles. And he had a lot of interesting ways of working. He brought a, lot it's a little of, bit um, like that's it, right? Yeah, I was going to say a bit of Eastern like philosophy and stuff in it. Yeah. Before it was even like popular to do it. it. It was really unpopular at the time to do it. It was it, it wasn't used back then, but he was using some of them techniques back then with the players, and a lot of them were like, "What is this? You know, like, what is this?" But his ways were very, very successful. You know, he was a very good coach, very good people person. No, he's got a book out called, uh, I think it's 11 Rings, the book is called. Yeah, yeah. You must have won 11, 11 NBA rings and that. I might give that a visit. I might, I might put that on to me. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've not read it. I've not, I've not read it, but I can imagine that being really good. I don't know, there's one called Sacred Hoops. That, I'm not sure whether that's Phil Jackson or somebody else, but... Um, quite into um, I'm quite interested in like leadership and yeah what what is a good leader are there any attributes that I know leaders are different so there's not maybe like one cap fits all but what is it that makes a good leader so you're looking at Phil Jackson yeah you're looking at Alex Ferguson someone who like English people maybe can relate a bit more to yeah especially like in the military military leaders like Hunt Middleton and all this kind of stuff what makes a good leader and especially now with like Boris Johnson and um I'm not well up on politics, but who's the guy who's been standing in for him while he's been ill? Ram, Rab. Um, there's, there's the uh, there's the finance guy in there, and then there's is it Michael Gove as well? He's, he's the other guy, isn't he? Yeah, but like, what makes a good a good leader? I mean, again, I don't really get into politics because I don't really know a lot about it. But I don't. I think Boris Johnson has done well in a completely like yeah un unknown time. You know what I mean? Who knows what the right way for this to go is? And I think he's done well. With yeah, that, it, it's so easy to sort of throw the, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing, they're, they're all messing it up, but he might be messing it up, but we've never been in this before, and like, I like to see people do better, like, and what, like, it's unknown, it's like, what, what do you want them to do, you know, like, what's... Exactly, everyone's, like, doing the best with the resources that they have at their disposal, aren't they? Do yeah. you know what I mean? And, like... But... but it is 5G and Zoom. The, the... <laughs> Forget all that. <laughs> I mentioned it on um, so that I started doing this. Um, so it's something I've wanted to do for a while. This podcast, like I know I've spoke to you about it, haven't I? Yeah. And I just thought, why are we in isolation and lockdown? Let's just do it. Let's just start it and, and see what happens. And I'm enjoying the process. Like I'm learning about the video element of it and how to edit videos and stuff. So it's something that. I have actually started to learn about now during yeah. this lockdown and that. So again, turning positive negatives yeah. into positives and that. Yeah. And um, the first guy I had on Paul Stotter, mate of mine, who used to be in the, the police with and that. Right. And we got talking about conspiracy theories and stuff. And I don't know if you've seen like the London Reel 
yeah. stuff that's going on at the moment, like with David Icke. Yeah, I followed it, yeah. Did you watch it at all? We didn't watch it. I did. I managed to watch some of it before it got taken down. Yeah. Uh, just Was it as controversial as... I mean, he's a strange cat anyway, isn't he, David Icke? Like? Yeah, exactly like you just said. The, he's, a, he's a strange guy. He's a bit of a wacko in my mind. But he should be given the right to say what he's saying. And to be honest with you, mate, it wasn't like, it was like, oh my God, he's inciting loads of hate or it was anything that I thought they need to take this video down as soon as we can here. I think they've made a mistake now by taking that down because now it looks suspicious, doesn't it? It's like, why have you took it down? So it feeds into the conspiracy theories. Also, it does add fuel to the fire, doesn't it? Yeah, because you took it down, it's like, ah. Well, you said that if they kept it on, It'll be like a week and people are like, oh, did you see that video? And after the week, it'll be like, yeah. yesterday's news, isn't it? Exactly. And now, now it's been now. removed from all sorts of platforms, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. LinkedIn, um, Facebook, all, all sorts of stuff. And I think that's wrong. No matter what you think of what he said, like, I don't really agree with a lot of what he said. I think it's a lot of like rubbish. But at the end of the day, people should be allowed to hear that information and make their own mind up. Freedom yeah. of speech again, isn't it? So we should... You know, we shouldn't be taking videos down just because you don't agree with someone. I, mean, I think that's the, the whole idea of the internet, isn't it? At the end of the day, like the, yeah. we can just access whatever information. We're not controlled by what information yeah. we can gain access to. It's up to us to yeah. to judge that information and, and act on yeah. it accordingly. Yeah. It does feed into the conspiracy theorists now because they've got like the upper hand now because they're like, oh, look, it, it, it proves that, uh, you know, they're all in on it. It's the Illuminati and all this type of stuff. I, I just think, oh, God. I mean, it's good for it's good for entertainment value, isn't it? But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do enjoy it for entertainment. Absolutely. Like, I've got friends who send me videos all the time. Any 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 time someone says, "I'll send you a link," I always think this. Is <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you serious. You know what I mean? oh, watch this video. Watch this video on YouTube. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it it is fun. It is fun. I oh, know. Oh, I watched um. There was a uh, an Eddie Bright host. Again, I can't remember the guy's name. I, I got it up on the last podcast that we did. Yeah. I, don't want to, I think his name's Dr. Shiva. Oh, yeah. I think. I think I haven't sent that video, I think. Oh, have you? That might have been me, Mads, who sent you that. <laughs> <laughs> but he had some controversial views on this whole um, corona epidemic that they shouldn't have locked us down. They should let us carry on. Almost like herd immunity. Yeah. And because he's isolated, because we're all in isolation our immune systems aren't becoming strong enough to develop immunity against this virus. That was, I think, paraphrasing what he was saying, that was his main main gist. Yeah. And, um, but the next day, he was on Eddie Bravo's podcast. Yeah, that's, a, that's a massive... No, and no. That, for me, it was just a massive red flag. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not bothered about that anymore. That's not interesting to me because yeah. that's that's just gone too far left field yeah. Eddie, Eddie Bravo was the ultimate conspiracy. I think Alex Jones and Eddie Bravo were up there, aren't they? Like, once you're on the <laughs> like, red flag. <laughs> no, I kind of like perked me ears up at this This doctor. I'm sure his name is Dr. Shiva. Um, and I perked me ears up and I thought, they're quite interesting yeah. points of view them. Yeah. And the next day he was on Eddie Bravo and I was like, yeah, see you later. Oh, mate, I, mate I, I get suckered in. I, I totally get suckered in at times. And I, and I start to go with that and then I think, hold on a minute. Let's get yourself back in the real world. But, yeah, I fall for it sometimes. I know. I won't lie. Because <laughs> the funny quote I said, actually, I think, I've, I think I've got it here somewhere. It was something like, um, like, if you're into conspiracy theories, it's like 
everything's gonna be nothing's done by accident everything is got a reason behind it or a motive yeah like nothing happens by chance does all like like that's the kind of that's the problem with like like this thing in china like no one can accept who's who's into the conspiracy theory that it's like an accident because accidents don't happen everything's planned and the government and this and you know oh god it comes back to that that again i don't want to keep going on about this book that i'm reading like but it's it's kind of like it's it's a good little um like relatable to this book because yeah we, we want a narrative for everything our human brains can't handle stuff that happens in isolation yeah we need, we need to make this happen because of this yeah we can't handle the fact that mother nature is just exactly. people find that really difficult i do want to blame someone it's got to be someone's fault we've got to blame someone why is this not you know and i think that's that's the conspiracy theory mindset isn't it where i think you've got to be a little bit more objective sometimes and things happen and yeah we'll try and make this narrative that fits our our view of the world yeah yeah totally. if that view is more tailored towards believing conspiracy theories that's what you're going to believe aren't you exactly yeah. like someone the other day um was speaking really intelligently on it and i and i i agreed with it because they were saying well okay it come from china so does that mean we should just blame china for everything well maybe maybe there's been some mistakes there but at the end of the day what he said is he said we weren't ready for this and we should have been ready so he said like we should have been more ready with maybe some vaccines for this we yeah. should have come in we should have had things in place we should have had emergency supplies ppe already there so it's, it's a massive lesson in it like it's not just china's fault we, we've got to take responsibility everyone's got to take responsibility haven't we? I think so, definitely. There's a good documentary on Netflix as well called Pandemic. I've seen it, yeah. I watched it last week. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm only three episodes into it, but it's so it's like it's it's difficult to watch sometimes because it is. It's it's like a lot of science in there. There's a lot of like quite heavy it's back and forth, quite heavy going, yeah. But yeah. To think that like they knew that it was gonna happen. Yeah. So like I mean, I'm not referring to Chinese knew that it was gonna happen. I mean in general, like people who were well known in that industry knew yeah. that this was gonna happen. Yeah, infectious disease people or scientists, like they knew it was going to happen at some point, didn't they? So why wasn't we better prepared? Exactly. And that's, that's, that's the, mis- I think if there's any mistake or there's anything we can learn, I think being better prepared was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's another good book as well. Before we finish, um, Matthew Saeed, Black Box Thinking. Oh, I've not read that. Uh, it's, it's, it's about the um, aviation industry. Right. And comparing it to, um, like the hospital or the med- medical industry or whatever you refer to it as. Black box thinking, airplanes, if there's ever an accident or a crash, they have the black box obviously in the airplane. So that records everything and they learn from it and implement it so it doesn't happen again. Right. Whereas in the medical industry, according to this book, they don't have that that feedback system. So they look for blame rather than learning from it. Yeah. It's a blame culture. So things never get rectified because no one wants to blame the surgeon, the administrator, the yeah. head head surgeon, yeah. no one wants to blame. Whereas the aviation industry don't have a blame culture. They have a learning mindset, so they want to learn from it so it doesn't happen again. That's interesting. That and I think I think there's a lot we could take from that. That that is really interesting. That I haven't I haven't read that after called Matthew Said. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So anyway, mate, I appreciate you spending your time on a Sunday talking to me. No problem, mate. Anytime, pal. Anytime. Always enjoy it. Yeah, well, that was good. Hopefully we can uh, pencil something in 
maybe do it in person next time when, yeah, all, this, when all this stuff's over. That'd be good. Probably see you in 2025 when we can get together again. <laughs> well, I mean, there is still that uncertainty in there that we don't know how long this is going to go on for. And if we ever will go back to the way it was before, I don't think we will. Oh. I hope, hopefully we'll get back to some sort. Of, I'm, I'm hoping at the end of the summer we can get back to some normality. Maybe, maybe try and catch up then and get together, maybe do another one or whatever you want to do. Hopefully, I'm going to try and get them set up where um, I'm filming in person. So, yeah. like, I know, like, your office would be perfect for it in, in your gym that like, but yeah. in my kitchen, we've got a little setup with a breakfast bar. I can have the camera yeah. um, set up so it's like a, it, can, it can film both people being interviewed over there. But, um, Definitely. Hope, no, it's good. I've enjoyed it because I, I watched the I watched quite a lot of the last one you did. Is it, is it with Paul? Paul Stott, yeah. I watched quite a lot of that, and it was good. So hopefully this will be just as entertaining. And then, yeah, yeah. Have you got any more lined up? Have you got any more ideas moving forward with it? Um, I've got a few people. We're having um, a second part with me and Paul because we did. Um, so I don't know if you got to the part where we we sort of edged each other to do a, a nice bath. All right. No. No. Trying to get out. Trying to trying to find ways to get out of our comfort zone, basically during this time of lockdown. Because yeah. again, my theory is from stuff that I've read and that that. If we can just keep pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone, then that's going to obviously build resilience. And then when we come across times of adversity, yeah. that's when we can thrive because we're already kind of used to getting out of our comfort zone. And that's not just come from me. That's from like listening to Goggins, Rogan, all the stuff that we listen yeah. to and read and that like. Yeah. But it's just the way like I put it across in my own head. So we were like, right, are we getting out of our comfort zone this week then? And we just so happened to Paul just was like, let's do a nice bath thing because we were talking about Wim Hof and cold water therapy and that so friday he did this a couple of days ago really? I friday i did it on friday did you did you do it yeah i did it on friday we five minutes in a nice bath oh mate brutal may i tell you what oh and again coming back to these stories that we tell ourselves in our own head and myself talk i was not looking forward to it to be honest like it was uh, <laughs> it was the thing that is like in you but you know when you've got an interview for a job or something and it's constantly there in the back of your mind knowing that it's coming up yeah this ice bath was like there in the back of my mind, and I'm thinking like, ooh, T minus like ten hours till an ice bath, wow. T minus nine hours till the ice bath. <laughs> so I went in the gym, did a pretty good session in the gym, like did a bit of a finisher on some kettlebells and that, and then was like ran the ran the bath. Oh. Two packs of ice cubes in there, two bags of ice, and I was like, right, I'm getting in. And I got in, and I'm not joking. I won't lie to you. The first thirty seconds. <laughs> I was ready for tapping out. <laughs> honestly, mate. Tapping yeah. <laughs> honestly, it was seriously like seriously hard. I don't know if you've ever done anything like it, but it was No, it was, I've, I've I've meant to do it. Like I've known about it for ages and I keep saying I'm gonna do the cold showers and it, but I've just never done it. So I tried with the cold showers, but Paul was like, nah, you're being a bitch, do a do a nice bath like so. We're going all in. So I got a nice bath and after like 30 seconds to a minute. You start your body starts to adapt again. It's amazing what what the body does. It just adapts to the the situation that you're in. Play, so mate. so adapt. I was trying to adopt some um, like belly breathing, so not breathing into my lungs or my neck because that was causing like anxiety and panic. So yeah. controlling my breathing into my belly and the five minutes, I was I was like because you, you're trying hard to control your breathing because you're freezing. Obviously, you, you you're in an ice bath. <laughs> So to control your breath is quite hard on that, but I did the five minutes, like, and I reckon, I'm not saying this just because, like, 
put on camera and that, but I reckon I reckon I could do I reckon I could do longer like yeah. Really? Yeah. Laura's like, Dave, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. But look to be honest, like Laura was up there because I said like get a picture of me just for evidence. Yeah. And I'm in the ice bath. And uh, the first 30 seconds, like I said, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, it's horrible. And I was ready for tapping and Laura was like, it's just all in your mind, get on with it. Proper like, <laughs> proper, like knock me down. Okay, good advice there. Uh, what, what's the saying? Without, without, dis was it? without discomfort, no growth happens or something exactly, like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there you go, mate, there you go. And I don't think I would have been able to like cope if I'd have tapped out and got out the bath, do you know what I mean? But I, I endured and I felt good. I'll tell you what, though, I was knackered about three hours after the ice bath. I was knackered, like proper, like, that that's got some, some science behind it that probably relaxes has. you or... Probably has, you know, probably has. Yeah, brought, like, the core temperature down or something and that that relaxes you. But I was I was knackered. I was, like, yeah. falling asleep on the couch. Power now. Yeah. But it's something we'll do again, like, let's, we're having a second part to answer your question. I know it went on a bit there, but... Uh, we're having a second part with Paul talking about the ice bath and a few things that's happening with um, me CIC and that like. And then I'm going to try and get Dave Sheridan on at some point. Get him on, mate. Get him on. And a few few other people I've got in mind, but I don't want to. I don't want to uh, jinx it. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it secret, mate. Keep it. Yeah. Secret. Yeah. But no, mate. I enjoyed that. I appreciate your your time. Anyway, thanks for nearly an hour and a half. Yeah. Doing well there, mate. Not bad. Ninety minutes. Yeah. Good. Said to Paul that it's surprising how long. Like you, just, you just get talking and you don't realise how long you've done. Yeah, I thought we'd do like maybe forty minutes or an hour, but we've we've gone we've done an hour and a half there. An hour and twenty five minutes exactly. Coming up okay. soon now. Good so, going. I know. Hopefully, people watch it and stick the an hour and twenty five minutes out. They won't turn off too early. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Sorted, mate. Anyway, I appreciate that, guys. All right, mate. Good to see you, pal. Take yeah, care. You too. Take care. See, see you again. See, see you, mate. mate.